Holy Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord, for giving us the privilege of life. Dear Father, day by day we and we are trying to ensure that we prepare ourselves for what is coming ahead of us, preparing ourselves for eternity. We pray, Father, that as we go on our journey, that you send to us manna from above and you give us sustenance through this manna from your word that we will be built up, empowered, strengthened to continue our journey to the celestial city. Dear Father in heaven, we all have areas in our lives where we need improvement and we ask that as we fellowship with you now, that you would give us the grace to improve in our lives, to become more like our Savior Jesus Christ. Consecrate me to your service, dear Lord, and may your words be put in my mouth, spoken to bless your children. Thank you, Lord, for hearing, and thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, July 31. The Battle Song. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 21. It was a singular way of going to battle against the enemy's army, praising the Lord with singing and exalting the God of Israel. This was their battle song. They possessed the beauty of holiness. If more praising of God were engaged in now, hope and courage and faith would steadily increase. And would not this strengthen the hands of the valiant soldiers who today are standing in defense of truth? They praised God for the victory, and four days thereafter, the army returned to Jerusalem, laden with the spoils of their enemies, singing praise for the victory won. When we have a deeper appreciation of the mercy and loving kindness of God, we shall praise his name instead of complaining. We shall talk of the loving watch care of the Lord, of the tender compassion of the Good Shepherd. The language of the heart will not be selfish murmuring and repining. Praise like a clear flowing stream will come from God's truly believing ones. Why not awake the voice of spiritual song in the days of our pilgrimage? We need to study God's word, to meditate and pray. Then we shall have spiritual eyesight to discern the inner courts of the celestial temple. We shall catch the notes of thanksgiving sung by the heavenly choir around the throne. When Zion shall arise and shine, her light will be most penetrating and songs of praise and thanksgiving will be heard in the assembly of the saints. 
little disappointments and the difficulties will be lost sight of. The Lord is our helper. No one ever trusted God in vain. He never disappoints those who put their dependence on Him. If we would only do the work that the Lord would have us do, walking in the footsteps of Jesus, our hearts would become sacred harps, every chord of which would send forth praise and thanksgiving to the one sent by God to take away the sin of the world. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Battle Song and we are going to be looking at how Jehoshaphat got the victory over the children of Ammon and Moab and from Mount Seir, the great multitude that came in array, battle array to fight him. We left off our devotion yesterday looking at the life of Jehoshaphat, a man whose life is one that we can learn great lessons from and that will inspire us with zeal and courage to follow the Lord. And we have seen how that he had his works combined with his faith and how he saw matters in a different light to Jehoshaphat. Physical battles were not one to meet with flesh and blood, but he saw it that it was to be fought in a spiritual way, in prayer and much faith and having the armor of God. Jehoshaphat, having seen or heard that the children of Moab and Ammon and Mount Seir were come against him in a great multitude, he commanded all Israel to join him in fasting and prayer. And he prayed to the Lord, asking the Lord for deliverance. We learned the lesson that the only way Jehoshaphat could have confidence in God and make that prayer was that before that time he had been living in obedience to God's commandments. Therefore, he could come in confidence to pray. Not confidence in himself, but confidence in God. And God's confi- the confidence he had in God is not just that he thought, oh, I'm, I'm righteous. No, he had kept the commandments of God. And his confidence in God was this. The Lord had said in the book of Leviticus 26 and also in Deuteronomy 28 that if anyone would keep his commandments and observe his statutes, that he would give them what they ask for, that is the things that he has promised. One of the things that the Lord had promised was victory in their battles, that their enemies will come against them in, 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 in seven ways and they will all flee. And the Lord had promised that they will be few and will conquer those who are many. So he had done what he ought to do in keeping the commandments of God, but he was not trusting in his works. He distrusted his works and rather trusted in God. And we learned the lesson that the Lord will give us victories when we do just like Jehoshaphat did. And we also learned the lesson that in righteousness the Lord will establish us and that we are to use our influence to teach others the truth. Now, let us see what happened after the fasting and prayer. You know, Jehoshaphat called everyone in Judah. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 13, it says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Wow. So, all the cities in Judah, all of them were involved. You see, this is a collaborative leadership that Jehoshaphat had. 
You don't hear of Jehoshaphat being an authoritarian or a dictator like King Saul or like Ahab or like the kings who have lived before. This was a man of the people. He had called them to listen to the Lord. He didn't bring them around himself to gather around him. He showed his weakness to the people. He didn't appear to them as one man who was a mighty man of valor like King Saul who could go to battles and fight. Not that he couldn't do that, but he didn't want the people to have that kind of confidence in man. He inspired in them confidence in God. And so they all came seeing their king praying to the Lord. What do you think the people would be inspired with when they saw this. They would be inspired with confidence in God. And they would not have confidence in Jehoshaphat's strength, but they would have confidence in Jehoshaphat's leadership. Why? Because he was dependent on God. Reading from verse 14 now, it says after this prayer of Jehoshaphat, then upon Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Ashaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, Go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. For the Lord will be with you. Amen. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head. I think there is a song that has this particular words of Jahaziel, the son of Zechariah. And look for the song at the end of this podcast. It says in verse 18 now, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Before I continue, I just want to talk about this. Look at Jehoshaphat the king. He didn't say, believe the king. He didn't say, believe me. He probably saw that the people were looking at this kind of battle as an unconventional, unconventional way to go to battle. They are not with swords. And I am myself, I'm wondering, what if the prophecy of Jehaziel fails. They are going there without armor, without preparation for battle, no other strategy, no second plan in case this strategy fails, this strategy of singing. No plan to say just in case this our singing fails, let us get our swords. This battle, this, this army stay here, the other one stay there, nothing like that. 
if you were among the children of Israel, you might be filled with fear and saying, am I sure that this method is going to work just to sing and go and stand? And Jehaziel said, we shall not need to fight, really? Do you have faith? I'm imagining myself there. Will I have the faith to go? I would want to protect myself perhaps, unless, like Jehoshaphat, I believe the Lord, the God, and believe his prophets. And that's why Jehoshaphat said to them, Israel, listen to me. Just in case you are afraid, believe the Lord your God. That is how you will be established. You see, Jehoshaphat was just giving them the principle by which he had lived all these years. It was not a fluke that Jehoshaphat had prosperity and was established. Right from time, he always believed that if he believes the Lord and keeps his commandments, he will be established. And he was telling Israel once again, believe God, you will be established. And then he said to them, believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. My brothers and sisters, today, do you believe the prophets of the Lord? When you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and when you read the spirit of prophecy, do you believe his prophets? If you don't believe, you will not prosper. Do you keep the commandments of the Lord? If you don't keep it, that is what it means to believe in the Lord. You will not be established. But if you believe the Lord, you will be established. And if you believe his prophets, you will prosper. Israel needed to be inspired with that faith. And Jehoshaphat turned to them and told them that. Now verse 21 says, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. Wow. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. Wow. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off, them, off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the, in the valley of Berakah, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the same place was called the Valley of Berakah until this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them, to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about, and Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was thirty and five years old when he began to reign, 
and he reigned twenty and five years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhi. And he walked in the way of Asher his father, and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hanani, who is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. Amen. Thus it comes to the Bible brings the Bible record brings an end to the life of Jehoshaphat. You see, such a remarkable man, Jehoshaphat. He and his father Asha are beauties to read about, and it will be a pleasure to see them in the kingdom of God. Many people in Judah will owe their being in the kingdom of God to them, these two men, Asha and Jehoshaphat. So, what lessons can we learn from the manner of victory that the Lord gave to Jehoshaphat? In the book of Proverbs 16, verse 7, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And this passage doesn't necessarily mean that his enemies will love him because they are enemies. But it means that the enemies will not have victory over them and they will be destroyed. Jehoshaphat's ways pleased the Lord. And there is no record of Jehoshaphat ever having to use a sword to kill anyone. There is no record of Jehoshaphat ever having to fight any battle. doesn't mean that any other king who had to fight a battle were not as righteous as he was. No. But that's just the record. There was none. This is how the Lord can bless us if we, like Jehoshaphat, believe the Lord and trust him to establish us and believe his prophets. Jehoshaphat believed the Lord and believed his prophet. That's just like the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. And Jehoshaphat prospered. And the unconventional way the Lord gave him victory was something for us to learn about. In Conflict and Courage, page 218, paragraph 4, it says, When we have a deeper appreciation of the mercy and loving kindness of God, we shall praise him instead of complaining. We shall talk of the loving watch care of the Lord, of the tender compassion of the Good Shepherd. The language of the heart will not be selfish murmuring and repining. Praise like a clear flowing stream will come from God's truly believing ones. End of quote. So what is the kind of praise that Jehoshaphat gave to the Lord? Do not make the mistake of thinking that songs in and of itself can actually give you victory. No, it won't. The real praise that Jehoshaphat gave to the Lord, first of all, is what we just read here. The language of the heart. That is what it was. The best praise we can give to the Lord, the best sacrifice, is when our lives are in harmony with his will. We read in the book of Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
this is the praise this is the sacrifice that jehoshaphat gave to the lord which he later expressed in songs the words of songs in and of themselves will not have power unless we ourselves have given our lives as a praise to the lord except the language of our heart is like the praise then the lips cannot be praised to the lord when we begin to appreciate the mercy and loving kindness of god what does it lead to it leads us to repentance when we understand the goodness of god we read in the book of romans chapter 2 reading from verse 4 it says or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leadeth thee to repentance when we get to appreciate the goodness of god it will lead us to repentance it will lead us to live a life in holiness a living sacrifice acceptable unto the lord that is the reasonable service that is the best praise we can give then we can now express it in songs and this combination of a life of holiness and the words of our songs will give us victories so what is there to praise god for what what are the reasons given to us why we should give ourselves in praise to the lord not in songs alone but firstly as a living sacrifice giving your body to the lord why should we do that firstly for the spiritual blessings the lord gives to us we should thank him and appreciate him by giving ourselves to him when we understand the power of the word of god one may give you food and clothing and shelter but has not given you eternal life the best blessing that the Lord gives to us is the knowledge of his will. John 17 verse 3, this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God. In the book of John chapter 6, when Jesus was preaching to the people, he told them, you have come to eat bread now, but I want to give you another bread which is better than the physical one, eternal life in knowledge of God. Thank the Lord for his spiritual blessings, for the angels that are there to protect us all the time, for the ministry of Jesus in the most holy place, for his Holy Spirit, which he gives to us to break down his word to us. Of all reasons to thank God, the spiritual blessings rank as number one to thank God for. Do you thank God for the spiritual blessings he gives to you? Many of us want to give testimonies of getting visa to travel abroad or passing examinations or protection from harm and danger. Very good. That we should thank God even more for his spiritual blessings, for his word given to us to give us eternal life. We should also thank him for the temporal blessings which I just mentioned now. All the good things the Lord does for us, for the water we drink. Appreciate his resources freely given to us even when we don't have them anymore. The time when we lose the things should not be the time when we complain about it, but it should be the time when we speak words of appreciation. We should also thank God for the small blessings. They are not small, but they are big, but it's just that we neglect them. Don't take it for granted that you have air to breathe, that you have water to drink, that you have food to eat, that you go about your duties and come back safely home, that you perform your task at work and at home accident-free and you accomplish them. Do not think that is by your strength. We need to pause and thank God for these things. Thank God also for his chastisement. You know, David was the one who said, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. We need to thank God for affliction also. Because like David said, If I was not afflicted, I would have gone astray. The Bible says, Despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, 
the Lord says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Are we being chastised by the Lord? Thank Him for it. We shouldn't complain and murmur about the chastisement of the Lord. And why is this so? You know, sometimes in life, like in the days of Jehoshaphat, the Lord brought trouble to him. And they were distressed. All, all Judah were distressed. Sometimes in our own lives, some blessing which the Lord has given to us is taken away from us. What do we do in such times? Do we complain? Do we start to murmur? We shouldn't do that. In fact, that should be the time when we thank God the more. What should we thank Him for? Thank Him for all the time He has given it to us freely to use. Do you lose your car? Do you lose your job? Do you lose a spouse, a loved one? Do you lose something valuable to you? It may be difficult, but trust me, I know what I'm saying here. We need to thank God. The Bible says, in all things, give thanks. It may be difficult, but it's what the Word of God says. But I have a reason why I should give thanks. When I look at my life and understand that if it were not of the Lord's mercies, I would die in my sins and would lose eternal life. And same with you. If it were not for the Lord's mercies, you would not be where you are today. Do you realize that you don't deserve everything you are enjoying right now? And that if the Lord takes it from you, you shouldn't complain because you don't deserve it in the first place. So it shouldn't be a time of murmuring. But when we lose things, we should give thanks to the Lord. Why? We are thanking Him that He gave it to us in the first place. We are thanking Him for all the times He freely gave to us our children, our husbands, our wives, our job, our temporal material things, our money, and we used it to help ourselves to live comfortably in this life. We thank Him for it even when we don't have it. You see, we read in Review and Herald something about thankfulness. It says, not Review and Herald, June, chapter, June 2, Review and Herald, June 2, 1910, paragraph 1 it says nothing tends more to promote health of body and of soul than does a spirit of gratitude and praise it is a positive duty to resist melancholy discontented thoughts and feelings as much as as much a duty as it is to pray if we are heaven bound how can we go as a band of mourners groaning and complaining all along the way to our father's house those professed Christians who are constantly complaining and who seem to think cheerfulness and happiness a sin have no genuine religion. Those who take a mournful pleasure in all that is melancholy in the natural world, who choose to look upon dead leaves rather than to gather the beautiful living flowers, who see no beauty in grand mountain heights and in valleys clothed with living green, who close their senses to the joyful voice which speaks to them in nature and which is sweet and musical to the listening ear. These are not in Christ. They are gathering to themselves gloom and darkness. When they might have brightness, even the sun of righteousness arising in their hearts with healing in his beams. Often, your mind may be clouded because of pain. And what is this pain, by the way? It could be anything, like Jehoshaphat. Troublous news is coming to you. Or sickness. Or it could be you lose a loved one. It could be mental anguish. Often, your mind may be clouded because of pain. Then, do not try to think. You know that Jesus loves you. He understands your weakness. You may do his will by simply resting in his arms. It is a law of nature. 
that our thoughts and feelings are encouraged and strengthened as we give them utterance. While words express thoughts, it is also true that thoughts follow words. If we would give more expression to our faith, rejoice more in the blessings that we know we have, the great mercy and love of God, we should have more faith and greater joy. No tongue can express, no finite mind can conceive the blessing that results from appreciation from appreciating the goodness and love of God. Even on earth, we may have joy as a wellspring never failing, because fed by the streams that flow from the throne of God. Then let us educate our hearts and lips to speak the praise of God for his matchless love. Let us educate our souls to be hopeful and to abide in the light shining from the cross of Calvary. Never should we forget that we are children of the heavenly king, sons and daughters of the Lord of hosts. It is our privilege to maintain a calm repose in God. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and be ye thankful. Colossians 3 verse 15. Forgetting our own difficulties and troubles, let us praise God for an opportunity to live for the glory of his name. Let the, let the fresh blessings of each new day awaken praise in our hearts for these tokens of his loving care. When you open your eyes in the morning, thank God that he has kept you through the night. Thank him for his peace in your heart. Morning, noon, and night, let gratitude as a sweet perfume ascend to heaven. When someone asks, how are you feeling? Do not try to think of something mournful to tell in order to gain sympathy. Do not, th do not talk of your lack of faith or of your sorrows and sufferings. The tempter delights to hear such words. When talking on gloomy subjects, you are glorifying him. We are not to dwell on the great power of Satan to overcome us. Often, we give ourselves into, the hands, into his hands by talking of his power. Let us talk instead of the great power of God to bind up all our interests with his own. Talk of the matchless power of Christ and speak of his glory. All heaven is interested in our salvation. The angels of God, thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand, are commissioned to minister to those who shall be heirs of salvation. They guard us against evil and press back the powers of darkness that are seeking our destruction. Have we not reason to be thankful every moment? Thankful even when there are apparent difficulties in our pathway. End of quote. Oh, brothers and sisters, Expressed in these words I just read now are reasons why we should thank God even in difficulties. And in thankfulness and praise, we will be lifted up out of our difficulties. It is important to always remember that every good thing which we have, we do not even deserve them. So when we lose them, we can still thank God. Are we in pain? We can thank God. Like Jehoshaphat, are you in mental anguish? Do you see trouble coming your way? We can thank the Lord in such situations, not just in songs, but in speaking. When people speak to you and come to ask you, how are you doing? Even in such situations when things are not good, we can say, we thank God. Not because we are trying to be in denial of our troubles, no, but because we remember 
that there is still a lot of good things around us and we are not focusing on the evil. While it is that there were some bad things, there are some bad things happening around us, maybe in sickness, maybe in pain, and we've lost, we've lost something. We can thank God for that which we have not lost. Have you lost your spouse or your child? Thank God for the one that is available. Thank God that some of your children are still there. Thank God for your husband or your wife that is still available. Thank God that you still have sustenance. Thank God you still have food and shelter and clothing and air to breathe and water to drink. Thank God for your relatives that are still available. Thank God for your own personal life that is preserved. Thank God especially for his word. Even when there's nothing to thank God for, we can thank him for one thing, that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins and freely he has got granted to us pardon for our sins and there is hope for us to be with him in throughout eternity when he comes in the darkest time we can still thank god for this one thing and we can then express it in songs because songs help to relieve us from our depression reading from voice and speech and song page 409 paragraph 2 it says if you sit in heavenly places with christ you cannot refrain from praising god begin to educate your tongues to praise him and train your hearts to make melody to god and when the evil one begins to settle his gloom about you sing praise to god also we can use our songs as a weapon during the times of discouragement in reading my life Reading from the book, My Life Today, page 174, paragraph 6, it says, Let praise and thanksgiving be expressed in song when tempted. Instead of giving utterance to our feelings, let us by faith lift up a song of thanksgiving to God. Song is a weapon that we can always use against discouragement. As we thus open the hearts to the sunlight of the Savior's presence, we shall have His blessing. Amen. And we can get victory over the enemy through singing, reading voice and speech and song, page 409, paragraph 4, it says, I saw we must be daily rising and keep the ascendancy above the powers of darkness. Our God is mighty. I saw singing to the glory of God often drove off the enemy and praising God would beat him back and give us the victory. Amen. What is the effect of this our singing? It pushes the enemy back. Another way we can help ourselves is that we can be singing while working and it will be a blessing to us. You see, the commandments of the Lord will be better put in songs to help us. Reading from Voice and Speech and Song, page 410, paragraph 3 says, Evening and morning, join with your children in God's worship, reading His word and singing His praise. Teach them to repeat God's law. Concerning the commandments, the Israelites were instructed, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Accordingly, Moses directed the Israelites to set the words of the law to music. End of quote. So it's very important that we can remind ourselves. You know, Jesus said he was sending the Holy Spirit to us to bring, to bring to our remembrance the things he has said. I will tell you my own experience. Whenever I am tempted to sin, especially when the temptation is lingering, do you know what happens? The Holy Spirit, not me, the Holy Spirit usually brings music to my mind, brings some songs to my mind so that I can distract myself from that temptation and also so that the song can instruct me on what to do or just remind me that the Lord is watching me and I should do aright. 
songs have power and if we have not stored them in our mind the holy spirit can bring it to our remembrance it is easy to remember a song it is easy to dwell on songs and it is to just dwell on words so when we put the word of god in songs the law of god in songs it is very important it's very powerful to use against temptations jesus used it and it helped him reading from voice and speech and song page 412 let's just see practical application of songs page 412 paragraph one says when, when Christ was a child like these children here, he was tempted to sin, but he did not yield to temptation. As he grew older, he was tempted, but the songs his mother had taught him to sing came into his mind, and he would lift his voice in praise, and before his companions were aware of it, they would be singing with him. God wants us to use every facility which heaven provided for resisting the enemy. With a song, Jesus in his earthly life met temptation. Often when sharp, stinging words were spoken, often when the atmosphere about him was heavy with gloom, with, with dissatisfaction, distrust or oppressive fear, was heard his song of faith and holy cheer. End of quote. Let me just pause so that we digest it here. In times of temptation, also when someone is speaking sharp, stinging words to us, and when the atmosphere there is tension there, bring up a godly song to sing to help your mind to be distracted and the mind of those who are in troublous times around you who are speaking those words will also be struck be distracted speaking again of christ reading from review and herald october 24 1899 or in voice and speech and song page 40 of paragraph 3 says he often held communion with heaven in song the men of nazareth often heard his voice raised in prayer and thanksgiving to god and those who associated with him who often complained of their weariness were cheered by the sweet melody that fell from his lips. The early morning often found him in some secluded place, meditating, searching the scriptures, or in prayer. With the voice of singing, he welcomed the morning light. With songs of thanksgiving, he cheered his hours of labor and brought heaven's gladness to the toil-worn and disheartened. Amen. You see, the Lord is our helper indeed. And there's none who ever trusted in him that will do that in vain. Jehoshaphat trusted in the Lord. And in this unconventional way of singing, the Lord granted him victory and even made him greater. So I would want to remind us also that even if you are following after the Lord like Jehoshaphat, trouble may come to you. But when you follow the Lord, believe his prophets, trust in him in that hour of trouble. Do not sin against the Lord. Do not let trouble make you go against the commandments of the Lord. Be faithful to him and the Lord will bring you out of it even greater. The children of Israel, four days were taken of the spoil that was gotten from that battle. And, uh, and Jehoshaphat was even more established than he was before. Jehoshaphat was now even made greater through this battle. The Lord will make you greater through the battles that you pass through as long as you follow the Lord, even in the time of trial. As long as you remain steadfast to his commandments reading from conflict and Cor conflict and courage page 218 paragraph 6 we are told the lord is our helper no one ever trusted god in vain he never disappoints those who put their dependence on him if we would only do the work that the lord would have us do walking in the footsteps of jesus our hearts will become sacred harps every chord of which will send forth praise and thanksgiving to the one sent by god to take away the sin of the world end of quote do you believe it that the lord will never fail you as long as you depend on him if you believe it you will taste of the goodness of the lord and see that he indeed is good
Let us pray. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the inspiration that we have gotten from the life of King Jehoshaphat. I pray that you will inspire us with such a strong zeal and faith that we will follow after you and believe your prophets so that we shall be established and so that we can prosper. Lord, inspire in us such a faith. Help us also to understand that we can give ourselves a holy sacrifice unto you and then our songs can be acceptable. Help us to use this tool and facility of singing to the right use, to the glory of your name and to the uplifting of your children all around us. Thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Sing praise. 